2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 16 through 24. But thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care that I have for you. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. With him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our goodwill. We take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of men. And with them, we are sending our brother, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters. But who is now, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you? As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So we have today, you know, one of these passages that's very contextual. Um, it's not like this broad, sweeping, floaty theology thing that you have cross-stitched on a pillow. Uh, but it's one of these earthy sort of uh, strategic, interpersonal, however you would call it, passages about Titus coming to, Titus is going to come to town. And, uh, you know, we know Titus because he's got a book of the Bible. Um, you know, he's got an epistle written directly to him. And so uh, Titus is our buddy. And, you know, Titus and Timothy are kind of like a, a comment. They're both uh, disciples of Paul. So Titus is interesting. Timothy, uh, w- Paul circumcised Timothy um, in order that he might be more effective in um, reaching the you know Jewish people for the gospel. Titus was not circumcised so that he would be more effective in reaching Gentiles. And so um, it's just kind of like a interesting like background to know on Titus. Like that's, yeah. that's sort of his purpose and his thing. So Brad, what, what are your thoughts on this commendation of Titus uh, to the church in Corinth? Well, I think it's great to, to see concrete, clear examples of individuals who, whose hearts have been changed. So you see that first part of verse 16, you know, Paul's thanking God who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care. So we see Titus is like being very servant-hearted it's flowing out like the overflow word we heard from the last mm-hmm. section in uh, in chapter chapter eight. So he's proactively going to collect uh, the money and to care for them. And I think it's interesting, you know, the other, there's two other brothers who are also led uh, to do this. And I always found it interesting, the one who is, uh, he preached the gospel, became famous, but there's no name. We could speculate who that might be, but I think what a great, thing to be known for yeah seriously (laughs) the brother (laughs) you know who was famous for preaching of the gospel and now this like he's going with titus to Mm -hmm. be part of the to collect the offering 
So I, I just think this passage is, is just a very concrete illustration of the text come, that came before. Mm-hmm. Like, how does this showing up in individuals that we can have as examples? It's good to have godly examples mm-hmm. uh, in our Christian life. And um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I also love that, uh, that this guy who's famous for preaching, uh, we don't know who he is. And my mom is, you know, she's, she's always kind of pointed to this and laughed about it. But I, I do think that it is, uh, it's funny that, you know, because it's kind of like the only Christians that we like all broadly know of are people who are amazing preachers or singers or whatever. And, uh, you know, we have Titus who, you know, he, he's basically just like a, as far as we know, he's just like a zealous leader of the church. Um, but we don't know anything of his like public speaking or whatever. And Paul is actually the same. Like he's a, a very zealous leader of the church, but he's actually a pretty bad preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where a lot of this issue with uh, the Corinthian church has come from. And so we have this guy who's famous um, and it's just like lost in the, Halls of time, it. it is. Um, I do think you know one one like little good word that that's tucked in here as a principle for us, and this will probably be a little shorter episode. But you know, twenty one, he says, "For we aim at what is honorable, and on the, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man." And you know, I think there's some interesting strategy here to to like delve into but the idea of being above reproach as believers and you know paul is basically talking about being stewards of this gift Mm -hmm. and you know he's using all this like language about this gift that's being administered to us that you know no one should be able to blame us about this gift being administered by us um but instead we're aiming at what is honorable and you know, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, Brad, on the the idea of you know sometimes pleasing God and pleasing man are pitted against each other, and mm. you know, of course, we have to take the path of pleasing God. But I think sometimes, um, maybe in some circles, we might get too um, attached to that sort of binary system where we can actually kind of be comfortable with like and this is where we can become kind of like hot-headed zealots where we're so focused on being right according to scripture so focused mm. on um righteousness that we actually lose like grace and truth and love and Christ likeness um and you know that and this is like in one of the I can't remember which one but one of the passages about it's like the qualifications for overseers one of them is being well thought of by outsiders um, and it's like, that's interesting. Like, do we think of, you know, our elders as, and deacons as people who need to be well thought of by mm-hmm. non-believers? So I don't know, do you have any, any thoughts on? Well, this? I think that the intentional, like the detail in this passage about the great care that Paul takes, mm-hmm. where he has three men going, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it, you know, there's a lot you could say about that. Like, is, is it safer with three than two, like yeah, to, yeah. To, to be above reproach? But it's like he's holding the gospel and the reputation of the church mm-hmm. and him himself, even like, I guess later on, we'll, you know, in the future parts of this, of this book, we'll talk about more about how people have seen Paul, but 
he's going to great care to bring no disrepute on the church. Like, mm. especially when it's around money. If you get into money issues with the church and accusations, huh. like that can really tear the church down. I'm sure we could think of examples of where that's been an issue in churches. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to stay above reproach. And I think the way that his language is here, you know, where he talks about honor, being honorable not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man, I think it's important the, the word choice, the, the order there. Like we're putting Christ first, not ourselves. Mm. And so by definition, I think he's not he's not saying we're going to lord it. We're trying to please men. For I mean, it, it's an it, the order there is very important. Yeah, totally. And which was, he's trying to protect there, I think, against the honoring, gaining honor for ourselves because people will like us. Like like putting man's what man thinks of us first. I think he's guard that language guards against that. We're to serve the Lord first, mm-hmm. and out of that, you know, you know, if we do that, people are going to look at our our actions as honorable. Like they're going to see the good intention here, absolutely, and why you know we'd want to make sure the offering gets there safely and and uh, and there's no accusations and things like that. So I think it's both and. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're in the workplace and you're you want to share the gospel with, be generous with the gospel, but you're a horrible worker <laughs> or you, you, you have to build credibility, how you are with man, with man totally. before you have a platform to actually have, have any integrity with the gospel. So, no, exactly. Um, so I think that that's what he's kind of, I think that's partly what he's trying to, to get at. And, uh, and I love how at the end of this passage, so give so after this so give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. It's kind of a softer way of saying, give the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow he set through, it up, but it, yeah, he's, he's really through. challenging. So it's not like he's not being soft. All these words about honorable, but he's also, you know, integrity says, give what you committed to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the yeah. words of Brad Smith, <laughs> give the money. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, for Brad Smith, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow in the sunny pastures, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.